Hey there, welcome to the Girl Go Global podcast, where faith and works are empowered. With every episode, we're embracing our multi-layered lives with faith, know-how, and grit. I'm your host, Dr. Jasmine, and I'm ready to go global with you. Let's get started. Welcome to the Girl Go Global podcast, where faith and works are empowered. I'm Dr. Jess, and I'm so excited that you decided to join me today. This episode is sponsored by the Black Directory, the largest Black business directory in the world, y'all. So if you are looking for Black businesses, just go ahead and Google www.blackdirectory.com. You will There you will find tons and tons of Black businesses all from all around the world. Today, I'm so excited to have with me a special guest who I met, I would have to say, in 2016, y'all, at the Congressional Black Caucus. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited to be able to speak with the Reverend, the right Reverend Tiffany Brooks, who was born and raised in Queens, New York, and she holds a bachelor's degree in kinesiology from the University of Mellish College Park, my mom's alma mater. She has a master's of education and education. Masters of Education and Education Policy, Curriculum, and Instruction from American University. And she has another master's, y'all, in Divinity from Wellesley Theological Seminary. She formerly served at Reed Temple AME. Tiffany, or the Reverend Tiffany, I might say, is a great, great, great woman of God. And I'm so excited to talk to a millennial woman in ministry. So today, Reverend Tiffany, would you please introduce yourself to the Girl Go Global community? Absolutely. Um, 2016, time is going by quickly. Um, For sure. Yeah, so much has happened and changed during that time. Um, Yeah, when I met you, I was, I I don't even believe I had graduated yet from AU. Um, I was still in my program teaching, um, developing curriculums and stuff like that. And then... I went on to Wesley um, after, and in that process, got my MDiv, uh, got ordained as a reverend. Um, right now, um, I was serving at Reed Temple AME, and now I am currently serving at Kingdom Fellowship AME Church mm-hmm. um, in Calverton, Maryland. My pastor is Pastor Matthew Watley. Um, I serve in a number of capacities. Um, however, it has been a very exciting, exciting time. Um, I have joy being there. I love being there. Um, what are some other things? You, I, talking about myself, it's so weird. Like, that, that's me? I did that? That's you, girl. Oh, um, <laughs> I work for an organization called Year Up as a program manager. Um I'm a part of the Samuel Dewey Proctor Conference, so I do things with them. Um, I'm tapped in, into a lot of spaces, um, and I'm only I'm grateful. I'm only grateful to God for being able to engage in these spaces and the capacities in which I have been able to. Um, but I think my greatest joy joys are serving in ministry at my church and my job. I love what I do. Um, I work with um, young adults and closing the opportunity divide by providing them wraparound services and resources um, and helping them with wealth management and wealth building skills while also getting them real good jobs and internships and college credits and courses and things like that. So I would say, if anything, I just love serving others. And that's where my joy draws from. 
I think that's a good enough introduction. <laughs> of course. It sounds all phenomenal, which is why I had to invite you to the Girl Go Global Community and Podcast so that way we can have some good girl chat today, particularly around the space of service, particularly around ministry, and particularly around you being a millennial woman. Mm-hmm. Um, when you uh, formerly I had saw on social that you, you know, was in, a minister to the young adults at Re Temple and mm-hmm. having millennial conversations. So I thought how fitting that I could have a conversation because I am a millennial, even though I'm at the top tier, I'm at the, you know, the early 80s, you know, but um, I think that um, you are, you know, closer into the mix of the millennial lifestyle than me. And so I just want to have a, just a conversation with you about what millennial ministry looks like for women these days, like women in ministry, you know, the evolution of it. I want to talk about um, millennial women who are dating in ministry you are a reverend mm. I want to talk about you know so many things so let's just jump right into the conversation you know give us um, a little bit about some of the conversations you would have that are pertinent to millennial women in ministry yeah so the dating one <laughs> it's so funny because I was actually talking to somebody about that earlier today um I think it's so interesting being a millennial who preaches and who's in ministry and who's doing the things because society is so different now. So it's like finding that, like we have Instagram and social media and all of these things. So I think it is finding the balance between like maintaining that youthfulness, um, given the times and the context that we're in, while also ensuring that we're honoring the call that God has placed on our lives. And I mean, in many retrospects, honoring what those titles mean, right? Like reverend is not something that should be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us, I think a lot of the challenges for us is finding that healthy balance between like, this is who I am, just me as this individual walking around in this society this is the traditional look of what has been placed on what it means to be a woman in ministry. And how do, how do we navigate that space? Like how, I know for me in particular, people will tell you that before I was ordained anything, I've always loved sneakers. And that is something that me, my dad, and my brother share. One of the things we share together as things we love, particularly me and my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And what does that look like in church like what does that look like in that space right like I wear Jordans like (laughs) I love your red glasses thank you you know I cut my hair I like red lipstick like you know I like these things thank you I try you know gotta be cute in these streets Um, but I I think the times have changed right and we also have more access to things right like educational attainment is a little bit more accessible. And I don't, I don't want to say fully accessible because, you know, not taking away from the fact that it still looks very expensive. Um, and there are people that don't have access to these spaces, but you know, knowledge acquisition and things like that are a little bit more accessible. And so the requirements have shifted and changed and are consistently shifting and change. And people have their ideas and ways of the way things should be for a millennial clergy, for a clergy woman in general. Mm-hmm. And we're growing up in a time where it's a little bit different, right? Like when we're in a society where 
people are still going to church, but not as much as they were. Right. right? And then being a black woman um, who's a millennial, but particularly a black woman, right? Like we're talking about the difference in times. Like we have a little bit more access now. We have a little bit more spaces to maneuver through and, um, and engage in. So it's different when we, when we're coming from a time where the church was so pivotal in everybody's lives, like everything is shut down on Sunday for church versus now it's like, I could choose, I mean, I could choose between brunch and church, right? Like I can choose between doing all of these other things and church versus church being the staple for a Sunday. So I mm. think it's finding that balance and navigating between, I mean, I'll say those, for some people, the worlds are one and I'm blessed and thankful that my worlds can become one. But even sometimes that's a challenge about like how to show up, right? Like we're seeing churches where people are not wearing robes and collars all the time. So for us, it's a little bit more flexibility and freedom and liberation in like the way we show up. Of course, you show up in a way that honors the house of the Lord and that honors the Lord, but that looks different. And how does that look different? And finding spaces and communities that can embrace who we fully are in our freedom and liberation while also maintaining the honor that's bestowed upon us for honoring the call that the Lord that the Lord has placed on us, essentially. That's so good. Uh, you said so much. I don't even know where to dive right in, but with what kind of unpacking what you said about finding that balance, like let's talk a little bit about what was and what's now, like the expectations. When, when you talk about balance, when you talk about expectations, when you talk about the historical mindset around women in ministry, how do you show up authentic, authentically as who you want to be, knowing the call on your life, but also balance some of those traditional mindsets that you may, you know, come up against, if that makes sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think one, I would say being in places that will honor who you are from a non-judgmental place. Mm. Um, I think there are different ways that we show up and there are certain things that I tell people all the time, I was like, wow, there are a lot of things that we care about that the Lord does not care about. For example, Mm. I cut all my hair off. It's short. Mm -hmm. And for some people in a traditional setting, a woman should have cut her hair. Her hair is her crown. Mm-hmm. And depending on your theological under your theological training, or if one has theological training or the theological background, they can still believe that whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But I'm using that as an example to say, go to spaces where you bringing your full self is not going to be offense is not, I want to say offensive, but there's no judgment call placed on you because you cut your hair. Or because you like to wear red lipstick or because you like to wear earrings or because you like to wear sneakers or because you like to wear jeans, right? Because there's still some places that believe women shouldn't wear pants. Mm -hmm. And for me, not to say this place or that place is better because I don't know people's individual walks. But what I am saying is if you are somebody that knows you like to wear jeans, why would you go to a place that says that there's no jeans allowed? 
like <laughs> yeah right like why would you go somewhere that that part of you that like you like to wear jeans and you like to wear sneakers why would you go to a house that doesn't allow you to do that or that doesn't have space for that unless like the lord distinctly called you to a specific place go to a space that would give you the freedom to bring your full selves but also go to a space that will hold you accountable i think we don't talk about that side enough i love that oh i love that i love that you just said hold you accountable because i think um for me the i think the i guess the misnomer or i don't know the correct terminology i want to use in this moment but for me the whole mindset of show up as your authentic self can be misconstrued a little bit Mm -hmm. because we still as faith-driven married women single women whatever have to uphold bible Mm -hmm. standard of what's written in the word and i think that we can get in a place where we are culturally adapting mm-hmm. ourselves but not adapting spiritually alongside what the culture is saying if that makes yeah. sense that makes perfect sense and you know I think what I have found over over time is that the reason why we're at the place that we are in is because instead of the word people have been inserting their opinions and yeah. When they are asked to stand on what they've said, a lot of them cannot give a full actual reasoning for why they believe what they believe or say what they say. Mm -hmm. And when you, when we are in a society and culture where knowledge is as easy as clicking your, snapping your fingers, Mm -hmm. we're in a society where you need to be well-studied. Like you need to know your stuff. Now, what I have come to learn is it doesn't matter if we agree or not. What matters is, can you stand by what you say with conviction because you've actually taken the time to do the study versus you're just regurgitating what you have been taught all of these years. And I think what happens with accountability in the church is that oftentimes the people that want to be the enforcers of accountability are the ones that don't hold themselves accountable to anything either. Yeah. And so for me, it's really about discerning the space too, right? Like, of course, it's like, go to a space that accepts who you are, but also come as you are also means that if I'm going to a house of worship where the Holy Spirit is really present, then who I am is going to change. It has no choice but to shift based on the spirit of the one true living God not off of other people's opinions, not off of people's unstudied thoughts, not off of what people got from grandmama and them from (laughs) 80 years ago that doesn't even apply to today. I mean, I think for me overall, let God be God and human be human. Yeah. And let us not enter a space where we're trying to play God and we just be off and missing the mark. And so for me, when I say a place that's going to hold accountability, it's also godly accountability. Like, you know, 
if something comes from the Lord, like if you're intentional about spending private time with the Lord and you are really getting to know the Lord's voice, you can discern the difference between something the Lord is saying versus what somebody else is just throwing their opinions in. And I think that's where the accountability space gets a little gray because mm-hmm. sometimes it really just be people's opinions. Like, for example, someone, I'll use me as an example for my glasses. Now, this is not true. I'm not saying this is true. I'm just giving an example. But it's like if somebody, I'm walking into a new church and the first thing somebody says to me is, you can't wear those glasses in here. That's not of the Lord because they're red. Mm-hmm. If that's your first thing you say to me, besides how are you doing? How's your soul? Mm -hmm. We have a problem. And then you can't now at the end of the day, whatever accountability measures you think are in place is out the window because you didn't address me as human. You address me from a judgmental place based on, I don't know where your opinion of my red glasses even came from. I don't even know you. Yeah. But how do we build the bridge and how do we nurture those relationships so that when accountability and not to say some people will always get offended, even if they mm-hmm. run wrong. And that's that's not our that's not our judgment call on or that's not something that we have to deal with. Like, that's not our business, how people um, how some people process things. Right. But I do believe that in terms of the accountability piece, in order be, to be able and I'm, and I'm thinking Bible, in order to operate in community with one another, relationship building is important so mm-hmm. that we can get to the place of accountability. And so it doesn't fracture the body. It doesn't fracture the community because mm-hmm. I'm holding you accountable to the word, to what the Lord is saying. But I think that there has to be some reshifting and reorganizing and people have to be careful about throwing their opinions in things and saying that that that's what the Lord said when it could be furthest from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I got so many questions I want to ask you, but one of the things is I have is, is holiness still something that (laughs) people want to live? Like, you know, when I think of old school, terminology with my understanding of holiness from the traditional mindset is that something that we're still striving we still are it's culture is is a faith-based folks still trying to live holy you know holiness is still right (laughs) i know what i know what people say but i don't know is that what people doing for sure sis like i I don't know Mm -hmm. and i can't judge that i don't know what people doing behind closed doors i don't know but sometimes people's public persona don't even illuminate align with my traditional understanding of holiness but you know help me out help the person out that's like I said I'm at the um I'm in the early 80s of millennial so <laughs> I was raised very traditionally yeah and so now when we think about people like that are younger than me it, the the the, the reins get a little loose you know definite terms and definitions change is, is okay. holiness still right? Are we still trying to live consecrated lives? Should we still attain, attain, or is it, or, or, or should people be of this this cultural mindset that's, that says, you know, feel the way you feel, love who you love, um, do what you want to do as long as it makes you feel happy? Mm. Well, that's, that's the kind of sense that I'm getting. Yeah. 
I mean, I think for me, the issue therein lies, what is the definition of holiness? Mm, yeah. Because here's the issue that people are having. Because people do want to live holy and righteous unto the Lord and consecrate it. Mm-hmm. The issue now becomes when people, instead of having a definition for holiness, mm-hmm. their only response to what is holiness is what you should or should not do. Yeah, that's good. But it's like, what is this thing that I'm living up to? Because traditionally, holiness has been a marker of perfection. Yeah. And then, which is completely opposite to the Bible that I read about humans. Mm -hmm. The only one that is perfect is Jesus. Nobody else in that book has been written as perfect, seen as perfect, told to be perfect, um, or is perfect by any stretch. Some of our greatest, the people we quote every other day, David, for example, I'll use David. With all the stuff that David did, if David was alive today, would we consider David holy? Moses did not make it to the land of milk and honey. Do we still consider Moses holy? Hmm. You know, and I think that's the problem. Again, people insert their opinions versus what is actually in the word, right? Like to consecrate oneself. When I think about consecration, I think about setting myself aside for the work of the Lord. Holy. Which means that consecration is sacred. So that sacred time, that's what consecration is. It's associated with being sacred. Um, And so what does sacredness mean, right? What does reverence mean? What do all these things mean? And so when it comes to holiness, I I don't put holiness as the marker of we need to live holy. Where in the word does it say that we need to live her holy? I do know that the word tells us the standard in which we are to live. Mm -hmm. I do believe that there is some essence of holiness in the way that we live. However, when did holiness become the marker? So let me take that back. When did the definition of holy meant that we as humans had to be 100% perfect all the time? Mm -hmm. Because in my Bible, the people that are there were not perfect all the time. For sure. And God dealt with them justly. I believe that the marker of holiness is how in our human conditions, we commit ourselves to the service of the Lord. Understanding that because we are not perfect, we can only lean on the Lord and that's a daily walk. For sure. And so for me, when I say holiness, I'm not telling somebody your skirt got to be all the way down to the ground (laughs) because at the end of the day, the length of your skirt is not determining whether you are going to be with the father eternally or not the condition of your heart Mm -hmm. and how you live your life in this earth is now. Do I believe that the Lord has called us to be different? Yes. And do I believe that the Lord will tell us, and help us navigate how we should dress, how we should wear our hair, how we should do all these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I believe that the Lord wants us running around outside, but naked just because <laughs> no. <laughs> However, 
if I see somebody doing it and don't know their work with the Lord, their, their walk with the Lord, if they even have one, my initial response is not, you got to live holy. You're not living holy. Mm-hmm. My initial response is, hey, let me introduce you to this Jesus. Let me get to know you a little bit more to know where your journey is at mm-hmm. and allow the work of the Holy Spirit to move. So eventually that person knows and moves into a space of, I got on full clothes in public, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I think they be like, live holy. And the people, the people that were, and you know, over time we found out these people's history, the people claiming um, holiness is always right were the people that had the most preaching one day and doing all types of foolishness in the church house the next day. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, if you're going to talk about holiness, one, it can't be based on what people are and not doing. And it has to be based in the word. And it has to be based on where people's heart postures are and how they are in their human condition, working towards every day, honoring the Lord. That's what holiness is to me. Yeah. Working every day to honor the Lord, understanding that there's only one that's perfect understanding that as long as we are in these bodies we are susceptible to sin and temptation and we have to make decisions all the time about where we're going to go understanding that the only one we can lean on is the lord the only one that can change us is the lord and we have to be open to allowing for god to do that transformation not transportation that transformation in our lives It's not something we can control. It's not something that other people can control. Only God controls everything, all of this, everything. We we don't, our job is to obey the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's holiness, obeying the Lord. Like if people want to talk about what's holiness, obey the Lord. And that's going to lead you to a number of things that you should or should not be doing. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like we can't even get, we can't even get that basic science down to obey the Lord. So how dare we get to a place that's like holiness. You not holy. If you wear red lipstick, you don't even listen to the Lord. You don't talk to God when you first get up to even know how your day should be. Right. You haven't forgiven your sister from 20 years ago because she did whatever, or he did right. whatever, your brother. I think one of, unforgiveness is one of the, the core things that people deal with, you know, because it's easy to hide. Um, this is good. This is a good conversation. I heard you say that there's been a lot of conversation about going places, in particular, going to the concerts and watching certain things on television around in the Christian community these days. Do you have any insight for people who say, I want to go to XYZ concert. It's just entertainment, you know, in particular the Beyonce's concerts. Just some thoughts around that. What are your thoughts, you know, around Christians doing certain things that may or may not be perceived by some as a, a place we should or should not go? This has been... It's been so much talk about this on social media that and- it's crazy. <laughs> I have, I mean, I see it, but I mean, these are also not conversations. I feel like some conversations like this, especially about this whole situation, 
it's just a distraction and divisive tool, mm. to be honest, because I've seen arguments on all sides of the perspectives. I mean, all sides of the spectrum. I've seen all types of opinions. Some I agree with, some I don't. The way I feel about it is this. One, sometimes it's not about what you say, it's how you say it. So I'm always clear on that. I think when it comes to music and when it comes to the entertainment industry, there are a lot of things that we can agree upon are contrarian to the Lord, are contrarian to Christ. For sure. And that's just what it is. And I think when it comes to people's concerts and stuff like that, I'm on the side of, one, we have to be discerning about whose concerts we go to. Because yes, indeed, people are in all types of stuff. And we can be spiritually open and vulnerable to those things. And if we do not have discernment, we will not be able to discern where we need or don't need to go. I think the challenge is when we start to address the body and those who say they are saved. Mm -hmm. If you know someone you are listening to, especially musically or entertaining wise, if they're saying they love the Lord, but everything they put out is contrarian, to the Lord and the God of the Bible that you say you believe in, no. Mm -hmm. You have to try the spirit by the spirit and check the Carfax. That's good. I love you it. Gotta, you got to go by the facts. And we have to stop making excuses for people. Yes, pray for people. Absolutely. Like, that's going to always be a given. That is our mandate as a body. Anybody who says they are a part of our community, or outside of our community, we got to pray for folks, but we also have to acknowledge where folks are way off base. There are some artists in the entertainment industry who has blatantly disrespected Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and has no qualms about it and will call it art. And we cannot make excuses for that. And that's not to say that they are bad, up, down, good. No. This is what they're putting out. This is what they're producing. This is what they're showing us. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not even going to hold you. This is something that I go back and forth with because I really want to go to the Usher concert. <laughs> I want to see Usher in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Like, I'm, like, I do. So it's something that I wrestle with. But I think we have to be honest about these things. Like, I'm okay about being honest about it. And that's the problem. People are not honest. People are not true. That's good. I love, I love what you're saying. I love the fact that you're saying there are plenty of lyrics and and there are plenty of habits and lifestyles that we know are contrary to our faith. They're contrary to the word that go against everything that the Lord commissions us all to do and how he commissions us to live. But it's so important that we can have conversations like this we're able to say it's contrary but I wrestle because I I, I kind of want to go like oh I kind of want to enjoy the show myself um it's, it's difficult and I just know you know people are like literally online arguing about certain things arguing about whether you should or shouldn't go to concerts or certain people's concerts and things of that nature 
you know, somebody, some some one poor person's level of Holy Ghost, I'm going to say. One person's level of walk with the Lord may be different than the other. So whereas the Lord may permit, allow you to be comfortable with going certain places, he might not, I might not, he might not let me feel comfortable going. Exactly. And so we have to, like you say, honor and respect where people are in their individual walks. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important, but I also think we have to tell the truth. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because certain things are not just entertainment. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just point blank. Mm -hmm. It's not, but you know, I'll I just leave that right there, but I just love what you're saying about honoring and respect people's walk with the Lord, and we have to pray for people, and you can't condemn them or say they're not saved or say they don't know God if they don't do what you think they should do, because for whatever reason, you know, they are where they are, but we all... we. You you can put put the truth in front of people. You can put information in front of people and let them make. We have free will and mm-hmm. let them make those decisions. Mm-hmm. It's, some of this stuff is on full display. The Very sound, the sound effects sound demonic. The 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 back the images in the background are like burning of crosses and churches. I mean, it's just yeah okay <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like when it comes to like award show and stuff. I cannot tell you the last time I watched an award show. I cannot, I don't watch them. One, I'm not interested, but also I don't watch them for the simple fact is like what some of them produce is very contrarian to what for my spirit, I can't take. But like you said, it's about being honest. Like, right. Like, like I said, you know, yeah. Some of these people are very contrarian to the word. (laughs) And also, yeah, as a human, I struggle because I be wanting to go to the concerts. But that goes back to my piece earlier, obeying the Lord. Yeah. I need to take, we believe God to be so big and powerful, yet we don't believe we can take everything to the Lord. That's something I need to take to the Lord for me. Like, hey, I want to engage in this. Mm-hmm. Help me. Help me. Help me to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. And help me to have the strength and the faith to obey your word. Because with the Lord, it's about whether we're going to obey with the free will, beautiful thing, but there's still statutes. There's still a way of living that we have been called to. And again, in this human condition, it is a challenge. And I think that's what people struggle with the most in church. And that's why people don't go, because we are not as a body. We're not honest. Like we try to make people feel like to love God, you got to be 100% perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, what Bible are y'all reading? Yeah. What Bible, what Bible are y'all reading? Yeah. And that makes people, I think, not want to come into the faith or they, exactly. they turn their back on church. They turn their back on the ministry because the, we even we we as church people we can raise pastors and leaders up to a certain standard of perfection and then when they don't meet that mark we have mm-hmm. this disappointment this unmet expectation 
mm-hmm. that held them to the standard they, that they weren't even equipped to, to to handle in the first place right and then we try to toss them away yeah and it's like but at the end of the day we put them up there we put these expectations we put this perfect moniker above them and then we start getting to a place where we're like this is bad over this do when this is worse than this and this, this mm-hmm. and then yeah. we start creating this hierarchy of things and it's like hierarchy of what sin is worse what sin is worse? <laughs> i mean people can't even these days people can't even give you a definite honestly people can't even give you a definition of sin so what are we really doing you know what i'm saying like well people, don't forget that people not really some preachers are not even preaching against sin they're not even defining what sin is for their congregation so it leaves a blurred line for for people especially people who are new in the faith yeah especially who want to okay who want to okay and fall in line with this grace message i mean it's because to be honest back to what i'm saying earlier people don't people will what i've learned in my work just in education what people cannot define, they'll always attach behavior to it. Mm. And so my issue, and you know, people do not preach sin or hell, which is weird, weird and wild, but that's another conversation for another time. <laughs> um, but my issue again is people can't give, people these days can't give a definition of sin. They can only give you what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not, uh, like that's not really engaging in the free will that the Lord has given us. Like the Lord has given us choice because that's what free will is. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is the standards that I have, and you have a choice whether or not you're going to do it. Understanding that there are consequences to every decision that we make. When it comes to when people are talking about sin, yes, there are examples of what sin is, but also there is the definition of sin, right? Anything for me, sin is anything that separates us from Christ. That's good. Anything that is resurrected, because if we look at the Old Testament, a lot of what was going on was idol worship mm-hmm. and perversion of the word. And I'm mm-hmm. in the book of Ezekiel now, so that's why I'm there there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the Lord is talking about the detestable acts that the Israelites did, his chosen people. Um, the Lord chosen people, um, all of these things, right? But one of the things that was honed in on often was about the perversion of God's word mm. and idol worship. Mm. And because of this idol worship, how it separated them from the Lord and the things that they picked up that were not of God and that mm-hmm. they tried to mix in with what God set before them. Yeah. And so for me, it is what has been resurrected for me personally, what has been resurrected in my life that has caused me to depart from the Lord. Therefore, as a consequence, my actions and behaviors are not re- reflective of this relationship with the God I say I serve. Yeah. And you know, this is going to be controversial for a lot of people, but I'm going to say it for me. I, when I refer to the Lord and when I refer to God, I am not so, I'm not so committed to what's the word I'm looking for 
to gender, because I understand God and the Lord as a spirit. Jesus is a man. But when my mom died, I needed a mom and I needed God to be that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritually, right? I yeah, needed yeah. I needed That's that. Nurturing. Bible, though, you know? Yeah, I needed that nurturing. So, you know, just to put it out there for the people that are like, oh my God, she referred to God, God as her, him, whatever. I just want to put that, because, you know, people get in the way. So I just use very... Well, he's not human, first of all. He is the Lord. He sent right. his son, like you said. So uh, I the use Bible it. The Bible says, it, you know, when our mothers or fathers uh, forsake us, uh, the Lord will pick us up, you know, he will carry us. He will be our mother and our father. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I use very neutral language when I'm talking about the Lord. Um, however, back to what I was saying, one of the things that separated the people of God from the Lord was sin, but sin is a divider. It's mm-hmm. sin separates us from God. So the question is, if we are not living a life that is reflective of who God is and who God's nature is, if there is anything that has resurrected our, itself in our lives that causes us to, um, that causes us to not pray, that causes us to not consult God, that causes us to not commune with God, that causes us to not live in a way that reflects God's nature and character, that causes us to treat each other like garbage, that causes us to not treat each other well, that causes us not, that causes us to intentionally break community with the people of God. Mm-hmm. That is sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, disobedience that is that's in that's in that's so i'm like so let's talk about it because i tell my sisters that all the time like you god gave you purpose and destiny on this earth you know what it is and it's a sin not to try to achieve it not to try to walk in that way right so it's like i i tell you all the time i was just like you know sometimes i feel like we be majoring in the minors the stuff that we care about the lord does not care about i honestly feel like that sometimes and i believe like don't be wrong, i believe that god cares about everything and a lot of things but i do also know that there are things that the lord really wants us to hone in on and i do know that once we accept once we accept salvation and once we you know say that we are believers of Christ, that we believe that Christ died on this, uh, on the cross for our sins, therefore, and resurrected in three days, you know, the ABCs of salvation. I do believe that there's a transformative work that does take place mm-hmm. where the things that we once loved and liked are things that we no longer love and like that the things yeah. we once used to do, we no longer do, um, that we become more convicted in certain things and, you know, But I believe that, again, when we deny the fact that we are human beings, that stuff gets lost in translation. Like, we don't know. I think for me, coming from the background that I come from and working with students, some of the stuff they do is the outward reflection of whatever trauma they have endured. Yeah. And I can't immediately, it's insane for me to be like this, this first grader mm-hmm. stole this pencil because they are just full of sin. <laughs> that is madness. That is like for me, it's like, how do we have these views on children <laughs> and can give passes to children, but yet don't believe that we and our grown selves 
are still our younger selves. We just had some learning we had to do to navigate right from wrong. But depending on your environment, depending on where you were raised, depending on who raised you, there are so many psychological, scientific things that go into who we are as adults who were once children. So my initial response to what people do, unless they are people that have been saved for like 50 years and they doing one thing and doing another, then there's questions there. But in terms of like people's journeys and walks, yes, address address the things. Mm -hmm. Hold people accountable to those things. However, it's also important that we understand to the human condition to truly know and let the Lord lead us and how to help people guide them through those things. Like Mm -hmm. for some of my students, if they stole something, you know, you wasn't supposed to steal something like that was wrong. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely wrong, but we're still going to have a conversation because I need to understand why you did it. And I've had some students tell me I did it just because I wanted to. And I was just like, okay, well then this is the consequence for it. And then there were some students that are like, I stole from survival. Okay, now we have another thing that we need to address. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now we're getting to the root of it. But I don't think we spend enough time really connecting with the Lord spiritually to make those discernment calls. I feel like people spend most of their time judging people and throwing in their opinions. They spend more time doing that than actually spending time with the Lord to actually know what the Lord is saying and how to move. Mm. Not everybody... Not every, some people are willingly sinning because they want to, or are willingly engaging in negative behaviors because they want to. And that's a different conversation, but you have to be able, you have to talk to the Lord enough to be able to discern the difference between people or a person that's willingly living their lives the way they want to, because they want to. And then there are some people that are acting out of the condition of their environment and they are looking or don't know that there's another way. Mm. And how do we introduce the other way? How do we introduce this Jesus for them in another way? And how do we hold people accountable on the other hand for who they know Jesus is and they still making decisions that they want to make <laughs> um, and doing what they want to do, even though they know what they should do. And I think it's a discernment thing. And I think it's we again, letting the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit and stop trying to be, stop trying to be God. A lot of people try to play God. Mm, And it's like, and that's the ego, that's the ego problem. And I'm like, you got to take that to the Lord too. (laughs) How about that? If you're trying to play God, because, you know, we know one person that already got condemned to a, (laughs) condemned to a hellish life for eternity for trying to play God and for letting pride and ego enter into their heart. Hmm. So, you know, I think it's all about discerning, but you got to talk to the Lord often and you got to read the word, the Lord's word to know when the Lord is speaking often to be able to make that decision and to really know how to deal and handle people and work with people. So if you could talk to someone who, may not even be saved yet or who is trying to rededicate their life back to Christ or just wants to be saved how would you define living a life as a Christian how would you define being saved like what does it mean to be saved 
Do you have a definition for that? Like, because some people, I don't think they, I think, like, when we think about getting our loved one saved, or we think about, you know, a lot of people say, your fam- your whole family going to be saved. Your whole family going to be blessed, right? Or, or get saved. My, once my, my household saved, I'm saved, my whole household going to be saved. You know, you hear those terms or nomenclatures in church often. But I think some of our family members who are not saved, don't understand what it means to be saved. And I think, or what it means to give your life to Christ. Mm. Did you like, I think we need a simpler way to define it for people. One of the things I heard you say is being saved doesn't mean perfection. And I think that people associate being saved with this level of perfection that many of us will will not not achieve this we try we strive to of course be like christ be mm-hmm. like him you know and we we strive we we work really hard at doing that but we every day we need to repent mm-hmm. really, you know so i just think a simpler definition mm-hmm. without, do you have some insight on that I do, because I know for me, I would talk to someone different that's trying to rededicate their lives versus someone who is getting newly saved. Um, for someone that's rededicating them their lives, um, I typically just ask them like questions like, oh, when did you first get saved? Um, why do you want to rededicate? <laughs> um, because it's a personal decision. And for me, salvation is living in the true freedom of Christ, recognizing that while we strive for perfection, we are not perfection. We are not, while we are strive for perfection, excuse me, mm-hmm. the Christ who we live for um, and are accepting helps us to live perfected lives, like helps us get there. Um but I think for me, for somebody that's rededicating their lives, it's true freedom in Christ, understanding that we live this life not, not perfect and understanding that because we are not perfect, we have a helper that helps us every day to get there. I think true perfection is, you know, we going into, you know, everybody got their own definitions. What happens after death? <laughs> um, when we talk about eternal life in Christ, I believe that is when we are our most perfect, but that comes after we did. So <laughs> for me, it's like serving a God who gives us this freedom from the turmoils of this world, not to say that things will be perfect or that everything will be good. However, we serve a God that helps us navigate the hard things and the good things. Hmm. And so for someone that's rededicating their lives, you know, they got separated for a little minute for whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever reason, and that's their business. Um, but I would tell them like the beautiful thing about the Lord is that the Lord is always welcoming and waiting for us. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes we feel that guilt and shame and the Lord doesn't place guilt and shame on us. And so it's just reiterating, you know, God is a perfect parent that no, regardless of what we do as God's children, even with the consequences, God is always willing and welcoming us back home. Yeah. 
always. And so whatever it is they did or whatever it is they, you know, got engaged in to separate them for a moment in time, it's like God is still there waiting for you. Unless people are making a clear, distinct decision to be like, you know, I tried this guy, I don't want it, I'm leaving, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then for someone who's not saved, it's about offering them something different. Like, why don't you try this God who can, who can do the unimaginable for you? And I'm not just talking about, and you know, I typically don't go for the, oh, the Lord can give you cars. No, the Lord that can heal your heart, the Lord that can help you deal with your trauma as you're Mm -hmm. walking through life, Mm -hmm. the Lord that provides peace and comfort for you when times Mm -hmm. are hard, Mm -hmm. the Lord that shows up in some of the friendships that you engage in, the evidence of the Lord in kindness, the evidence of the Lord and peace and comfort in hard, hard moments. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, you may have experienced guilt and shame in relationship with people, but guilt and shame doesn't exist with the Lord. Yeah. Like try something different. Like if you find that your life is not going the way you want it to go, how about you try a relationship with the one that can tell you how your life is going to go? Now it won't be easy. Like I'm not, I don't lie to the people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem too. People be out here lying. That's why people turn away. They be thinking everything gonna be cope, peachy and cope aesthetic. And I'd be like, I don't know what Bible y'all reading, but I'm not even gonna hold you. Living the life uh dedicated to the Lord can be very hard. Yeah. <laughs> However, yeah. we serve a God that helps us navigate the hard things while also serving a God that can give us all the things, all the beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the conversation that I would have with rededicated, even saved. Cause I mean, sometimes we need those come back to Jesus moments too, regardless of how long we've been saved. Cause mm-hmm. we're not perfect. Yeah. And so, you know, it's the same conversation that I would have with me if I was somebody. Cause I mean, I've had moments where I have been distant from God. Yeah. And I've had to still saved because once you save, you don't need to get saved 80 million times after that. But I've had my own times where I've had to really become recentered. And I thank God for showing up and being evident in my friends, being mm-hmm. evident in the word, being evident in situations yeah. to help hold me back. Yeah. And so yeah. because I know that that's something that can happen to me as a reverend. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what other people are dealing with in the world. And so I try to go from a place of, I try to lead from a place of compassion. Yeah. Um, and again, always being honest and holding people accountable. Like, okay, yeah, you know, this is wrong. <laughs> this is <laughs> not right. However, I'm not going to hold you to what you do because that's not my judgment call. That's not my job. Yeah. All I can do is tell you what is right, what is wrong. Um, prayerfully, I'm speaking from a place where the Holy Spirit is in every word that I say, pray for mm-hmm. that person and let God be God. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that we have capacity to help people see God in new and different ways. Mm-hmm. And if we explain him in a way to people who may not walk as closely with him as you or I may, 
that they will see him as something tangible in ways that they know that they can see God in an exchange from a coworker or an exchange while traveling or when they look outside and they see <laughs> the sun and or the moon or just the environment and just knowing that there is a God that created all of this, including wow. us. And if we look to him, we'll be able to find the peace and comfort in knowing that he'll be with us in our darkest moments or even in our most proudest and happiest moments. But it's just like a matter of surrendering your life to him in ways that just lets you embrace the fullness of him. Because I do think that at certain times we'll understand the Lord from different perspectives. I think, well, I heard a preacher recently say we have to be get acquainted with the king. Mm-hmm. We got to become acquainted with the king, king of queens. So what does that mean? For me, that means becoming, when we we first met each other, we became acquainted. We instead of shared, shared a few words, and we got to know each other uh, probably more mostly through social media and in doing so we connected even further but it took time Mm -hmm. right it takes time for you to become acquainted with someone so why not give it time to become acquainted with the king so you become to know god as father god as comforter god as healer god as friend god as mother God as father. So I think that sometimes we don't allow ourselves to fully embrace the level, the multi-layers of God mm-hmm. in ways that will allow us to be fully matured in him because we become acquainted with all of his layers. And even then, Yes, down the line, there are still so many layers and to pull back and mm-hmm. understand it. But we'll never understand all of his ways. We're not, we're not that's just impossible. But I mm-hmm. think I would say to someone, like in addition to what you said, don't give up. Don't turn your back on him mm-hmm. because you, there's so many layers to him that we need to become acquainted with when you are in a marriage or in a relationship or building a friendship, you spend years getting to know people. Mm-hmm. And then you, st- and people can be married to people for 20, 30, and they still are learning things about their spouse. You can be in a friendship with someone for 10, 15 years and you get shocked by someone's habits because people are forever evolving. Mm-hmm. And just like that, we need to become acquainted with the king. Yep yeah yeah no completely agree completely agree completely 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 agree people change and transform too so what does that look like in relationship with God but also back to what you said earlier I was reading my bible this morning and I was talking to the Lord and I really realized I can't conceptualize in my human brain I cannot fully conceptualize all of who God is Hmm. and because I was asking questions about I was reading Ezekiel chapter 20 
And I had all of these questions. And, you know, the Lord answered a lot of those questions. And then I did some research on some things. But what it really boiled down to is I was trying to make sense of something. Um, like this understanding, trying to understand what position Ezekiel is in, trying to understand what position the children of Israel are in. Um, all these different dynamics. And then when it boiled down to it, I can't conceptualize mm-hmm. um, all of who God is. I, I can't because I don't, my, I don't have that kind of capacity. And the only way I'll be able to know who God is, is by staying in consistent relationship and allowing God to show me all the facets of who God is um, as I continue on this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, as I continue on this journey, studying who Christ was and is, mm-hmm. right? Because I think sometimes we don't even, we're not, we don't have that full capacity or scope. Um, and the Lord, I believe, continues to reveal himself to us in so many different ways and being yeah. open to what that looks like um, and being open to that being something that, ha- being, op- being open to it, essentially, and not getting so comfortable and familiar with who we think God is, but allowing God to show us God's true self in everything. And, you know, I, I, I try, I, I try every day to make sure that people know that, but people see it in my actions and how they engage and interact with me. Do I get it right all the time? Definitely don't. Um, but I'm thankful to have a body and a community that is able that here's the Lord one super important. Um, and that is honest with me and holds me accountable. I got an accountable group that'd be like, Tiff, no, you all. (laughs) And it's vice versa. Um, relationships and, you know, and all of that. And I know we didn't talk about dating. I'm always excited to talk about dating, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, I think the Holy spirit really wanted this conversation to happen. Mm-hmm. or whoever is listening mm-hmm. um because again there are people that hold themselves to these impossible standards and the lord is just like hey can we just start from where you are mm-hmm. <laughs> let me handle the other stuff i just yeah i, I just want to I, I created you i know where you're at so let's start from there yeah not from this place that you don't even have the capacity yet to be mm. like you don't even you're not even there yet because you have all these layers that need stripping. You have all these things that need to be dealt with. You have all this transformation to take place. You're trying to skip, hop, and jump through the process. Let me let me meet you where you at and let me help you get to where you see yourself. Mm-hmm. Or basically how my pastor was talking about it in church, God's promises are always true. If anything, obey God for what God is telling you to do now. And my professor at Wesley Seminary said this. He's now the uh, dean of Pittsburgh Seminary, Dr. Asa Lee. Do what God has told you to do until God tells you to do otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if anything, rest in the fact that God's promises are true. So if you are savoring God and you know you're going to be this wonderful woman of God, wonderful man of God, and the Lord has shown you that promise, what is God telling you to do right now? Because what the Lord is telling you to do right now is meeting you where you're at. And for the capacity that the Lord knows you have, Mm -hmm. even though you might not believe you have it or not, because that's a thing, 
But what God is telling you to do or how the Lord is telling you to move in that moment without seeing the whole process, do that thing and know that because the Lord is not a liar, that you're going to get whatever the promise is. It may not be easy. It could be easy. It may not be easy, but rest on the fact that God promises, God's promises are true. Just follow the voice of the Lord. Let the Lord meet you where you're. Well, the Lord is there. We just got to meet the Lord where the Lord is, but the Lord is going to meet us where we are because we're the created, not the creator. Mm -hmm. And just trusting that we're going to get there. You're going to get to the promise, whatever that promise is that the Lord has promised upon us. Just do what the Lord has said. And, you know, take it one day at a time. You know, scripture tells us to not worry about tomorrow and basically to focus on the day. Focus on the day. Yeah. Look at the Lord. So many people talk about they don't know how to hear God's voice or they don't know what God has for them. I think it's a matter of starting in the words. You know, the word has all the prophecy we we need. Mm -hmm. God gave us his word as the source. And if we start to open up his Bible, whether it's a study Bible or whatnot, something in a language or scriptural base that's more understandable, we can start in songs, we can start in Proverbs and see all the prophecies that God has over our lives and see how it also see how to navigate life from so many different perspectives. And I think as we become, like I say, acquainted with the King, you can start to understand and understand and learn his voice, how he's speaking to you, mm-hmm. how he speaks. Because sometimes for some people, he may speak through other people. Mm-hmm. Some people, he may speak through a sermon that's connecting deeply with your spirit. For some people, uh, it may speak to you in an audible voice or still small voice. It's just a matter of some people get the Lord speaks to them in dreams. There are so many layers, like I said, to the Lord. And it's just understanding your relationship, just like your spouse or your friend, you know, body, body language, you know, with their eye and their ooh me. That's because we've become acquainted. It goes back to my point about become building relationship, Mm -hmm. understanding the personality Mm -hmm. of a person. Likewise, we need to understand the personality of God and how he deals with us because he doesn't deal with everyone the same way. For me, I, I might see a vision. For me, I might hear the Lord speak to me in a whisper. And I, and I know without a shadow of doubt that that was God. Or mm-hmm. I may hear, hear God speak to me audibly. Mm-hmm. You know, but for everyone, and sometimes I even hear God speaking to me through dreams. Mm-hmm. But I also, for me, I have to be careful that because the, the enemy knows how the Lord speaks to me that I'm able to be discern, be very discerning about whether something was of God and whether it was not. So it's just, this is a, a faith walk. This is a walk that we are learning over time. We get up every day asking the Lord to um, be with us, covering our day. So that way we, we won't be deceived by the wiles of the enemy. We won't be deceived by what looks like God, but it's not. We won't be deceived by that mixture that you were talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so 
it, it it's just it's just so many layers we could go on and on and on, and on just talking about the lord just talking about salvation but i do i do think like you said this was we were supposed to have this conversation today i had so many other things that i probably wanted to speak to you about uh some some fun things and not to say this isn't fun but like some things about dating relationships all that kind of thing that we all you know like to get into conversation about that just gives me opportunity to invite you back to have those conversations more fully and more specifically but i do think that the order of the day Mm -hmm. is to get people saved to be get people in right standing with the lord Mm -hmm. and and that is my purpose for building the girl go global community not only so that way we can join our faith and our works but also to point people back to christ and my whole goal my whole endeavor is to point people back to christ and whatever i do and so that is the purpose while we are pursuing the bag while we pursuing our business while we are pursuing a man uh, you know pursuing a relationship trying to get that the next paycheck trying to make that million dollar the brand whatever you're trying to do we need to be pointing ourselves back to christ all the time every time every second if it's not for the building of the kingdom only what you do for christ will last Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why do we my husband we had a conversation he was like god wants you to be wealthy god desires that we have wealth but he desires us so that way we can build his kingdom I can't go do mission work in Africa with no money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't I can't start endeavors and do ventures with no money. Even being on a podcast costs money. Just yeah. fueling it and get, get doing um, marketing materials and that time is money. Mm. You know, paying my assistant is money. Doing Things for the Lord cost money. So why wouldn't the Lord want to fund the, the purpose that he has on your life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people think that um, you, Christians shouldn't have riches and wealth and things of that nature. Certainly, I believe that the Lord wants us to, to, to live abundantly, but it's always, always for the furthering of his assignment for his kingdom. Always. Man, this was so, 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 so good. Oh my God, I've enjoyed this conversation. I'm talking to Miss Tiffany Brooks, the Reverend Tiffany Brooks, I might say, on the Girl Go Global Community and podcast. We've been having a great conversation about uh, millennials and women and ministry. We talked about salvation. We talked about understanding our walk with Christ better. This has been such, such a great conversation. As we begin to wrap up, I just have one more question for you. For those women who say, I got a call on my life, I'm called to preach, I'm called to be in whatever capacity in ministry, what would you say to them about stepping into ministry and being adequately prepared to do so? Do you have any couple, just a couple tips that you can share? I can. So what I will say is no one is ever fully prepared. entering into ministry Mm -hmm. however i will say that there is training that can take place Mm -hmm. um that's needed and necessary but honestly it's all it's all it's all it's a consistent it's a it is a consistent cycle of learning and being willing to learn and open to learning um what you believe today might not be but you believe next week Mm. that's okay too but just making sure that it's funneled through the lord 
and not any other <laughs> source. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just really, you know, I'm big on people. So back to what you were saying about hearing the Lord. Um, I often pray that the Lord will speak to me in a way that the Lord will know that I will understand and that I will know that it is the Lord. And so I encourage anyone who is discerning what ministry looks like or what ministry they are called to, to really spend time fasting and praying about it um, and trusting that the Lord will give the answer. Um, And, you know, sometimes I'm tight. If I get an answer through that small, still voice, sometimes I need an extra layer of confirmation just to make sure that it's the Lord and it's not something off my own might. Um, For me in particular, the way that everything happened was in just a very easy way that I cannot quantify or explain. The Lord has set it up perfectly. For some people, it may look different. Whatever that is, just really really, really, really get in God's face, fast and pray about it. Ministry is not easy. Um, Ministry is not easy by any stretch of the imagination, especially when you're talking about ministry in terms of titles, like reverend, pastor, things like that. Um, It's not easy at all. However, what makes it what helps you walk through the journey is community. So having a community of wise counsel, so mentors and friends um, around to help with training and preparation. Because like I said, there's no way to adequately prepare for this journey, especially not as a millennial. Mm. Um, And just trust, I think overall, just trust that the Lord will carry you and see you through as you journey through. I think anything overall, it's really just trusting the Lord um, and trusting that, you know, you'll be okay. Cause it's hard. Like ministry is not easy, whether you got a title or not. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not but at it's all. It's worth it. It's worth it to see people it is. deliver. It's that free. It's worth it to be building a community in which people's needs are met in ways that just bring you, can even just bring you personal fulfillment for sure exactly yeah i love that so when i say what does it mean for girls to go global what would you say because i definitely believe that you are a global girl so when i say girl go global what does that mean to you well what that means to me is global means so many different things Mm -hmm. um you know people automatically jump to the entire world Mm-hmm. And sometimes your entire world is the very community that you sit in. For sure. And so for me, girl gone global, it means to be impactful in the spaces and the communities that the Lord has allowed you to be in. Mm-hmm. Whether that is your neighbors, whether that is a school, whether that's a school district, whether that is a courthouse, whether that is a state. Um, that's what girl gone global means to me. Um, because you know, it's easy for people to think they gotta be all around the world. And for some people that's possible. And for some people, it's really just about impacting the community around you. That's global. That's the world. Like 
every community is the world to someone. And you want to make sure, not you want to make sure, but you want to be cognizant of how you're impacting that community with other people that are involved in it. So that's what Girl Gone Global to me means to me. To go global means to be impactful in the community that is your own little globe, your own little world. Yeah. Whether it is the Lord calling you overseas or the Lord calling you across the street. Mm, across the street. Or, or to your own family, to your house. To your own family, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what girls gone, girls gone global. Every time I say it, my tongue gets. <laughs> It's all good. I'll say it. Girl go global. Yeah, girl go global. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is to me. It's all good. Oh my God. I have loved this conversation, Tiffany, Reverend Tiffany, I should say. I have loved the conversation, getting your perspective. And I would love to have you back just to talk about this, these topics some more because I think it's so much that we could unpack here, but we don't have all night. So um if you will, I can't leave, you know, I can't be like church. I can't, I gotta be like church for a minute. I can't leave without offering someone salvation tonight. If you will, would you say a few words? If someone wants to say, I want to rededicate my life back to Christ, or I want to, you know, come give my life to Christ tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, could you say a few words off a prayer or a few words to help people lead through, them through that process? Yes. Actually, I'll say a prayer mm-hmm. um, because I think we, 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 we touched on it earlier. Like I would say the same thing, you know, like if you are wondering who this Christ is that we've been talking about and you have been looking for freedom um, and you feel like you are weighed down and heavy, try this Christ that we have been talking about who we know and love that offers that freedom and that helps you walk along your journey especially in the hard times, the good times as well. The good times are always there, but it's important to especially have someone you can lean on in the hard times and crisis that one. And then for the person that is rededicating them li- their lives, acknowledging that God is the perfect parent and that God is waiting whenever they are ready to return home and that God has never left them. Um, and that again, God is just waiting for them to return. Um, I often tell people, you will find God, you, you sometimes will find God where you first met God. Go back to that place where you experienced that freedom and liberation. That's good. Um, but I will offer a prayer too, because I think that's important. Yeah, thank you. Um, absolutely. So for whoever's listening, whatever posture is most comfortable for you, um, we're going to pray. Uh, Dear Lord, we are so grateful and honored that we can come together just declaring your name, uh, declaring your good works, um, and having a relationship with you, um, relationship that is inspiring, relationship that is impactful, but relationship that is transformative. God, I pray for all those who are listening to this podcast who has been feeling a a little bit burdened and downtrodden. I'm praying for your peace and your comfort and that you continue to remind them that even though things may be hard, that you are still working in the midst and that you are still with them in the midst of all things. Help them to see, help their perspective, Um, help them to be able to see you. I pray for those who are in the midst of distractions, 
that you give them the strength and the faith to be able to remove those distractors from their lives um, and that they be open and willing to how you are planning and how you are moving in their lives. I pray for those who are listening, who are unsaved, that they be placed in a community to help usher them into that process or even now. Uh, Lord God, as they have been listening to this podcast, that um, that they accept the salvation that is freely given by accepting that your son, Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died on the cross for our sins um, and rose again, and that his blood was shed on our behalf. And I pray for those who are rededicating, that once they rededicate, that you put them around a community of people who know you and that can help them cultivate in healing and growth in knowing you. Now I pray for Dr. Jazz, as you continue to keep and cover her as she continues with not just um, the podcast, but in every endeavor um, that you have allowed her hands to touch and the endeavors that you will uh, place within her hands, that you continue to keep her and cover her and her family, that as she continues to navigate this space, that you are continuously showing yourself strong in her life. We're grateful for this season of miracles because people are looking for them, but we are grateful, Lord God, for this opportunity to see you move in miraculous ways and even in new ways. We are grateful and we are honored for the week ahead and we love you and we thank you. And it is in your son, Jesus Christ's name. We pray. Amen. 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 I have so enjoyed talking to you, Reverend Tiffany. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been a great, great conversation. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Me too. And, you know, this was fun. And, you know, dating can be fun too. Yeah. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. We might, since you are in the DMV, we might do a, a in-person video. Yes. Hey. Something. Yeah. Because I'm going to do some more video content this year. But, but first, let's close this out. This has been the Girl Go Global Podcast, where faith and works are empowered. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend. Don't keep the content to yourself. I would love, love, love to hear what you are thinking. So write a review, girl. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Love you. Go. Oh.